Good morning, and welcome to Emmanuel Lutheran Church Online for the weekend of May 3rd, 2020. A few announcements to share with you before worship begins today. Today would have been confirmation day for my daughter and her friends here at Emmanuel Lutheran Church. We've been forced to postpone um, worshiping together and, and confirming our young people in their faith. But don't worry, families, we will be confirming our kids very soon. We're uh, working to figure out how we can come back to worship. Some of the quarantine has been eased as of Monday, and we will be working together as a congregation and get gathering information from our community and from our um, own Missouri district on a way to open church back up slowly as uh, the weeks move forward. Will you be a high school graduate this year? Will you graduate from college or another school like Martin Luther School? Well, we would like to celebrate with you. Will you please send me a picture and, an and some information about how you're going to move forward in the future, what school you're going to go to, what job you're looking forward to? We would like to celebrate together in a future worship broadcast. Thank you for continuing to give and being faithful with your giving uh, to Emmanuel Lutheran Church and Martin Luther School. If you want to learn more about giving, you can go to emmanueljoplin.com give. And now let us worship the Lord together. We are glad that you're with us today.
Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. This year we were to have a most fortuitous coincidence. The fourth Sunday of Easter is always Good Shepherd Sunday. We celebrate on Good Shepherd Sunday how the Lamb of God became our shepherd and the shepherd became our scapegoat, sent out to die and yet lives forever. What is coincidental about that? On the first Sunday of May, we generally celebrate eighth grade confirmation. We're not able to do that today, but wonderful coincidence that it should have been that our great shepherd gathers even more sheep who stand and say that they will be faithful to him unto death. Each of us can do that in our own homes, praying for the time when we will be able to reassemble as God's people under different restrictions here in this place. In the meantime, let us look to our Good Shepherd. sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God the Father. Most merciful God, 
We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe on his name, he gives power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. May the Lord who has begun this good work in us bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. I am the good shepherd, says the Lord. I know my own, and my own know me, and I lay down my life for the sheep. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. And I, and I lay down my life for the sheep. In peace let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
the Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, merciful Father, since you have wakened from death the shepherd of your sheep, grant us your Holy Spirit, that when we hear the voice of our shepherd, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Good morning, boys and girls. It's time for the kids' talk, so come on forward, come close to the screen, and let's share together. I have five quotes, five phrases that, that some people maybe that you know have said, and uh, I want you to listen to them, and if you know who said this, I want you to call it out nice and loud there in your living room with your family, wherever you are, uh, worshiping live with us today. So here's your first phrase, to infinity and beyond. Who said that? How about this one? Some people are worth melting for. Who said that? Call it out if you know it. How about this one? Just keep swimming. And one more, me want cookie. <laughs> I know that one. That one was around when I was a kid. How about this one? In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. It wasn't very hard for you to guess a few of these. If you've watched Frozen, you would know what Olaf says. You might have even guessed Mary Poppins or Cookie Monster. But some of them might have been difficult for you because maybe you haven't watched that movie very much, like Dory saying to just keep swimming or maybe Buzz Lightyear. Now everybody knows Buzz Lightyear. I have one more that I'd like to share with you, and this one is not pretend. This one's not animated or a cartoon. This one is Jesus. And what Jesus says to us is love each other as I have loved you. Jesus has good news for us. We are the sheep of his pasture and he is our good shepherd. We're gonna hear about that today in the scripture readings and maybe a little bit in the sermon and prayers too. You see, Jesus loves us and God created us to be his own. And so he knows everything about us. He knows us and calls us by name. And we know his voice too because his Holy Spirit has given us faith. And when God calls to us, we understand what he's saying because he is saying, love each other as I have loved you, and I love you so much, I went to the cross to take your sins. Your Lord Jesus loves you, your God loves you, your family loves you too. So listen for his voice in God's word and respond. Let's have a prayer before we continue the service. Dear God, thank you that you help us hear and know Jesus' voice. We want to follow you today and always in Jesus' name. Amen. The first reading for the fourth Sunday of Easter is from Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, 
and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A responsive reading of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The epistle reading is found in Peter chapter 2. For this is a gracious thing when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to you, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was it deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. But his wound, by his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the, to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. according to St. John, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, 
and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the gospel of the Lord. God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
mercy and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep. I chose that hymn setting for the 23rd Psalm because of the story associated with its third verse. The hymn writer, Henry Baker, was a man born to privilege. His father was a vice admiral in the British Navy at the time when the sun never set on the British Empire. He made sure that his son Henry got an excellent education by sending him to Cambridge. Henry more than lived up to expectations. He became a priest in the Church of England. He became an English baron. And he became the driving force and the scholarly editor of the largest selling book of its time other than the Bible, Hymns Ancient and Modern, a book that during Henry Baker's lifetime sold 60 million copies. That book and the number of hymns that he wrote became his only legacy because he believed that although he was an Anglican priest, priests shouldn't marry. He left no children. He lived a celibate life. But as he lay dying at the age of 55, his last words were the third stanza of the hymn we have just sung. Perverse and foolish, oft I've strayed. But yet in love, he sought me. And on his shoulder gently laid, and home rejoicing brought me. This touching story brings to mind our favorite images of our Lord Jesus as the Good Shepherd. In fact, that's how he's depicted on the cover of today's bulletin. Jesus cares for his sheep and defends them. He leads them to good pastures and still waters. He seeks and, and retrieves those who have gotten themselves lost. He binds up the wounds of the hurting. The good shepherd knows just where it hurts and precisely what to do about that. Peter explores another aspect of this image in our epistle reading for today. Our good shepherd willingly becomes our scapegoat. It's a term that goes all the way back to Leviticus chapter 16, when God was telling Moses how Aaron and every subsequent priest was to celebrate the Day of Atonement. It involved two sheep or two goats. Let's go with the goats. One of the goats was to be sacrificed and his blood was to be, was to be saved and, and used for the atoning of the people. His life was to be a sacrifice for all of their sins. But the other goat, the other goat, Aaron would lay his hand on and then that goat would be led out into the wilderness, never to be seen again. And it was to symbolize that not only have our sins been forgiven, but they have been taken away from us. And God would never count them against us 
again. Jesus is the fulfillment of both goats. He died to take away our every sin, and he took them so far away from us, throwing them into the depths of the sea, leaving them in that empty tomb. Jesus, our good shepherd, became our scapegoat. Now you know how we use the word these days. A scapegoat is somebody who takes all of the blame, whether he's deserved it or not. He gets blamed for even those things that he did not do. Isn't that what it sounds like in our text for today? He committed no sin, Peter said of Jesus. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. Think about that scapegoat. All those sins that he didn't commit placed on his head. The goat in Leviticus didn't lust after the neighbor lady, didn't exploit the poor or spread vicious rumors about his rivals, but he died for all of those sins anyway. Jesus never sinned. He kept God's whole law holy in thought, word, and deed, but he was crucified for sin. personal story for me they were my sins he took my sin in his body as if he had committed them all and died an excruciating death he got the blame for my sin the punishment for my sin he became my scapegoat I would never do this to him but it was the Father's will that it be done. We can call it unfair or unjust. By every human standard, it is. But God used Jesus as our scapegoat to conquer our sin and our suffering, to take our death away so that we will not die forever. This is my faith and my hope. Every now and then people will say, you know, I already know that I am saved, Pastor. Tell me what this text means for my daily living. Well, let's look at two aspects of it. Let's look at it in light of the present pandemic. It might be a little bit of a stretch, but bear with me on that. But also let's look at it as an example, as our first reading says today. When we suffer, we're not proud of it. We don't like it. If we talk about it at all, it's to try to get some understanding, sympathy, or empathy to try to unburden ourselves. 
But in our private moments, we might wonder, why do I have to suffer in this way? Why do I have to stay at home? Why do I have to live through this pandemic? As sinful human beings, we believe deep down in our hearts that any suffering must be unfair if I'm the one who's suffering. They say that the villain is always the hero of his own story. So anytime that we suffer for sin, it seems unjust. We can say to ourselves, I don't deserve this. Am I saying that this pandemic is the wrath of God against us? I'm not a prophet nor a prophet's son, and I, I certainly don't have a prophetic answer to that question. But here's what we do know. We live in a fallen world, a sinful world, lots of sin. Since the fall, there have been sickness and death every day for everyone. And Christians are not immune to the sin and death of this world. This pandemic is the result of sin because there was no disease in the garden. We admitted earlier that we are to be numbered amongst those who have brought yet more sin to this world. This is not the world's first pandemic, nor is it likely to be its last. But it touches our lives because we are living in a sinful world, and we ourselves are sinners. And the results of sin are in many ways the anger of God over sin. Now, I'm not saying that we can read the mind of God. We know of God only that which he has revealed. Anyone who tells you otherwise is a crank. But right now I can tell you this because God has told it to us in his word. God is working his will through this situation. It's hard to grasp, but our, our faith and hope look to God, even in times like this. His promises are still true. Therefore, we still turn to him for strength, help, and mercy in this and every trial. And as we do, we look to Jesus, who in the midst of suffering, suffering undeserved, still served those God loved. We know that when Jesus was suffering the agony of the cross, he was actually serving us. He was whipped and beaten and crucified unjustly, unfairly, as our scapegoat, taking our sins on himself to shed his blood to pay for those sins. The wages of sin must be paid. He took our sins upon himself 
and shed his blood to pay them. He was serving as our substitute by dying to pay for the wages of sin, laid in a tomb just like we will be, rose from death for, for us so that we will rise from death to life eternal. All the while he suffered, he was actually serving God and serving his neighbor. All the while he was suffering, he had his eyes focused on his father. His perfect faith was in his father, even in his suffering. He was free to suffer for us. He chose to do that for us, the sheep of his pasture. We don't know why we suffer at times in our lives. We know we live in a sinful world and that sin and suffering touch our lives. That's the way that this virus works. But there's something else about the way that this virus works that makes us ask eternal questions. The most eternal question is the what's called the cross of the theologian. Why some? and not others. It's a question that no theologian can actually answer. It's all in the hands of God. But when we look at how this virus works, killing some people and leaving others unsure if they even had it, reminds us of the quandaries that surround every consequence of sin. Why did I get away with it this time and this other time it comes and gets me? Someone who lived not too far from me before I moved here might be wondering, how could I get away with murdering two people and then get arrested for trying to take back what's already mine? Why one? not the other. Why this time rather than another? We can't answer those questions in this life. We're simply told Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you might follow in his steps. Our faith and hope are in Christ, worked by God himself, free to, freeing us to serve others even as we suffer in this world. Christ is our example. Jesus is our strength. Strength through his promises, his word, and his sacraments. Look back again, if you have a hymnal at home, how the, both of the sacraments, the washing, the unction, and also the, the Lord's Supper, the chalice, are mentioned in one of the verses. Through word and sacrament, Christ gives us certainty and strengthens our hope. Peter wrote, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live in righteousness.
By his wounds we have been healed. We were straying like sheep, but now we have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. And as Jesus said in the gospel lesson, if we are his sheep, we will know his voice and we will follow him. Remember Henry Baker's last words? Perverse and foolish, oft I've strayed, but yet in love he sought me. And on his shoulders gently laid, and home rejoicing brought me. We were straying, and God brought us back to our scapegoat, our shepherd, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And as he suffered and served us at the same time, so we as the people of God, even if we are suffering, are filled with hope and faith and strength for service. In Christ, the gift of God is that we can continue to serve one another. So today we're not going to spend a lot of time focusing on exactly why we have to suffer or what we have to suffer or the reason for our suffering, but instead we're going to follow the voice of the Good Shepherd and focus on our God who works such marvelous things, so unbelievable, topsy-turvy things from the world's way of thinking. We are to take our eyes off of our suffering and focus on the God who works all things together for good, for those who love God. You saw it at the cross. Even in a time of suffering, we can ask ourselves, how can I serve others? And God, who will work his remarkable ways through you, gives you the answer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Bidden by our shepherd, let us come before his throne of grace in prayer on behalf of all people according to their needs. Blessed Shepherd, you established your church with your sacrificial death and mighty resurrection. You set your table among us in the presence of our enemies. Hear us, because we are beset by so many false voices and tempted by so many false gospels. Help us to hear your voice and abide safely in your word that remains forever. Grant us devotion that we may abide in the teaching of the apostles and honor the fellowship of the church and guard us against the enemies of your word, keeping us within the care of your flock and staff forevermore. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Jesus Christ, our Lord and shepherd, you hold in your hands all the power of man, 
and you hold accountable those who would govern your people. Therefore, we ask that you would grant us good government and good leaders who will honor your purpose, protect your people, serve the cause of justice, and defend our liberty against all threats. Continue to give them wisdom and moderation in their pandemic response. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Your wounds are our healing. Your voice calls to us as we call to you in time of need. Hear us on behalf of all those who suffer in body and mind, who grieve those whom they love, and to whom death draws near. We pray especially for those who have requested our prayers, and those we now name in our hearts. Grant them healing according to your will, grace to sustain them in the day of trouble, and hope for the new and everlasting life to come. We especially pray this day that you would be with the currently unemployed and with the distraught and return them to health and livelihood. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Gracious Savior, you seek out those who have fallen and restore the sinner to repentance. Send forth your spirit to rekindle faith in the hearts of those who have fallen away from the truth or have been overcome by temptation and sin. Bring good from ill, and increase in all the hunger for your word, and recognition of our need, that many be, may be gathered into your flock when church doors are again open wide. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Our good shepherd, you have not withheld anything from your sheep but have emptied yourself fully upon the cross, that we might be saved. Move our hearts to such devotion and teach us such generosity that we may bring to you our offerings of a grateful heart and serve our neighbor in need with the resources you have supplied. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Great Shepherd of the Sheep, you have abundantly blessed us. And we pray that you would hear your sheep and answer our prayers with mercy, granting us those things profitable for us and our salvation, and keeping far from us all things harmful. For you live and reign with the Father and the Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.